Blog Talk Radio. He's a man who's going to tell you like it is. You can never be afraid of something that you don't know about. Now that's ignorance. And for us, ignorance is not bliss. He's a man who's not afraid to talk about the real issues and not skate around it. Don't you think it's about time that you got tired of where you are? I mean, you have got to be ready for God to do something for you and let him move. He's a man who loves his God, his country, and his people. I'm going to be honest with you. I'm not too fond of the political state of the world, and particularly the U.S. as it is right now. But if you want change, you have to make it happen. You can't keep settling for less than what you ought to have. He's a man who's sowing seeds of life, love, and liberation to anybody who's willing to hear. There comes a point in time where everybody just needs to shut their mouth up and listen to God. And God is the one who will lead us and God is in all truth. He'll tell us everything we need. That covers every area, every facet from politics to church to you name it. God's got it covered. He's a man that seeks the heart of God for the people of God. You're listening to Zero Today with Pastor Lorenzo Neal. Welcome to Zero Today with your host, Pastor Lorenzo Neal. I am he, your humble host, hailing from Cajun Land, USA, here to present you with seeds of wisdom, insight, empowerment, and liberation. We're promoting a knowledge that is engaging and transforming. And our goal here is to empower you, the listener, to knowing, doing, being, and impacting the world around you. And as always, you are always welcome to join us on this illuminating journey by calling uh, the line number uh, to get on the air is 347-237-5230. We got the chat room up. Yes, I'm excited about that. We got the chat room up. So you can log on to blogtalkradio.com and get into the chat room. It's up. It's running. You can get some thoughts in there. And I I know you're going to have some good thoughts on the show today. Hey, but what am I doing? You can follow us on Twitter at Prophesy and uh, follow us and like our Facebook page. Zero Network on on Facebook. Send us an email. Let us know how we're doing at PastorLorenzoNeal at gmail.com. We're on Skype. However you, you know, we are everywhere. Just (laughs) wherever we are, you are, wherever you are, we want to be. We want you to listen, join in, tune, like our show, subscribe to the show, listen to the show, brag about the show. Hey, just do it. (laughs) Zero is all about sowing seeds of life and liberation through Christ. We want you to listen and enjoy it. We want you to call in. We want you to chat. Whatever you can do to help this show do, be good, be successful, we invite you to do it. Just glad, to glad, glad to be on the air. So I'm going to do a quick walk. Now, I have not been doing this. Uh, I, 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 I usually always started off the, uh, the broadcast with prayer. And, you know, I've been so focused and intense. That's my excuse. I'm sticking to it. <laughs> but uh, we're going to go to the Lord in prayer real quick. And then go into the rest of the show because uh, I think what we want to talk about today is, is something. We're going to be talking about preaching fallacies. And uh, we're going to do a little bit of teaching, so it might get a little boring because I know some of you probably wonder, what in the world is a fallacy? What is what does that got to do with preaching and all that? You know, we'll get to that. This is some exciting things I think we'll like. have some uh, audio I want to share with you that might stir up a little more interest. And I want to hear... Some of your stories of some of the craziest things that you've heard, some of the craziest, freakiest, stupidest, whatever it may have been that you have heard from behind the pulpit from preachers. Now, I'm, you know, preachers, speakers, whatever it is. We want to hear hear that from you. And I want to make sure that you get in and call and talk about that. 347-237-5230. Hit us up in the chat line on blogtalkradio.com. But now let me relax just a little bit, slow my roll just a little bit, and let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father God, I just want to say thank you for today and thank you for another opportunity to do this show. I pray, God, that you would just bless it, bless the listeners, bless the subscribers, bless everybody, God. But most of all, be glorified in all that we say and do. We ask this in your son's name. Amen. All right. Uh, I, I was trying to find some lead stories uh, to kind of lead off because I, I didn't want to jump right into my uh, topic this morning, but 
I I I I'll share with you what I shared with my church Sunday uh, regarding the uh, the devastating tornadoes that swept the country, uh, the Midwest and some parts of the East Coast um, and the South um, this past week. A lot of devastation. Uh, uh, one whole town, one whole town was decimated. And I recall about this, you know, not not quite a year ago, maybe about ten ten months ago. When we had these uh, tornadoes that swept across the South here in in Oklahoma, Arkansas, and Mississippi, and especially our, uh, Alabama, Alabama with Tuscaloosa, and there was a lot of loss of life. Uh, but I I I think you know the greatest strength of this country is, is when we go through circumstances like that, situations that uh, tragedies like that. And I'm not I'm not talking. I mean, you know, I'm not saying that's the only way, but that's just, uh, that shows the strength, the greatest strength of this country, because we see we see people hurting and the heart of Americans pour out. They pour out love. They pour out to those who are in need and distress. And I think that's the greatest thing. That is what makes America great, and that's what it, you know. That's what is shown on uh, during times of crisis and and devastation. And you saw you saw neighbors reach out to neighbors, you know, even those who lost their homes, loved ones, they were still reaching out, and, and, and that that it was just wonderful. I, I enjoy seeing. We, we of course we couldn't do much. We 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 pray. We have a benevolent thing and missionary thing that we do to support things like that. I wish there could be so much more we could do, but it's just amazing. And I was watching the news and watched how uh, one man lost his baby. He was trying to, uh, trying to save the baby, but the baby was swept away by the tornado, and she died from uh, the wounds that she received. Uh, then I read about a heroic mother who um, uh, was really about to sacrifice herself for her children and. In the process of saving her children, she lost, you know, she lost some limbs, but, but she survived. It was just amazing, and I just appreciate, I appreciate that that kind of love that we have as Americans during those times. I wish, I wish we could exhibit that kind of love all the time, uh, you know, in every situation. And I, I thought about Barbara Bush's comments. Regarding this, uh, the Republican uh, primaries that's going on, and she talks about, she talked about how, um, you know, there's too much fighting and it need to be unity in the party, um, and, and you know, it was taken away from the issues and taken away from what really mattered. And then I, I thought about, I thought about um, in 2007 during that primary season, 2008 primary season, when you had Barack Obama and Hillary Clinton. I mean, slamming each other up until June when Barack won the nomination. But up until June, I mean, it was <laughs> it was horrible. I mean, you think about anything and everything that was being said about either one of those persons, Barack, and um, uh, it, it was just it's just something. I and, and that you know, of course. We a lot of people supported Barack because they thought that you know he'd be unifying the country, and some people are disappointed, and it's being reflected now in and you know in the primary season and uh, candidate and all of this stuff you know is reflected all across the uh, political landscape. But the reality is, you know, we America's a great country. I, I know I'm rambling a little bit, and you gotta excuse me. I just you know. We we just need to we just need to realize that our potential and our greatness is not in our in who is our president. And I, I think when people realize that uh that the president does not make the country great. The people of the country make the country great. And when we have people who reach out like they did during these times, you know, like they did uh, after 9-11 and things like that, when you have people reaching out, that shows the greatness of the country. And that's what really matters. Uh, so, hey, you know, you know how it is. Uh, I just rambled a little bit. I didn't intend to ramble that much, <laughs> but I, I felt, you know, it's a wonderful thing to see how uh, how a nation can come together during times of crisis like that. Uh, I'm gonna take a quick break, and when I come back from the break, I want to hear from you. I want to hear some of the craziest, stupidest, freakiest, outlandish things that you've heard from pulpits across the country or in your in your church. 
I'm going to share some that I've heard, and I know plenty of other people have some that they, they've heard. I want to hear that from you. And um, and then, we'll, you know, I got some clips I want to hear from, uh, share with you from one of the um, uh, well-known televangelists. So we'll get that after the break. Be right back. You know that comes with a private island. Really? No, it comes with a hat. The airline credit cards promise flights for 25,000 miles, but... There's never any seat for 25,000 miles. Frustrating, isn't it? But that won't happen with the Capital One Venture card. You can book any airline, anytime. Hey, I just said that. After all, isn't traveling hard enough? Ow. To get the flight you want, sign up for a Venture card at CapitalOne.com. What's in your wallet? Uh, it's okay. I've played a pilot before. up the mucus that causes chest congestion and only mucinex is a bi-layered tablet one side goes to work fast the other is long lasting uh oh <coughs> what about my condolence mucinex is fast acting and provides long lasting 12 hour relief 12 hours mucinex in mucus out Welcome back to Zero Today, your host, Pastor Lorenzo Neal. Always glad to be on the line, glad to have you here. Chat room is open, so you join the chat room, blogtalkradio.com. Get your comments in. We're talking about preaching fallacies, but before we get into the meat of that subject, <laughs> I want to hear some of your crazy stories that you've heard from the pulpit. Now, if you've been in the church long enough, you've heard some crazy stuff. I, I mean... I, I I don't even know where to start. I've been in ministry, and I've been preaching 20 years now, 20 years. And I have to admit, I've said some crazy stuff because, you know, I, I, I you know, as as a kid, you know, I, I was a preteen preacher, a uh, teenager preacher, you know, preaching as, as a little kid, preaching as a teenager. So a lot, when I first started, a lot of the stuff, I was just regurgitating what I heard. And, you know, there was some crazy stuff that I heard. As a kid, and because I heard it from the preacher, I, I took it as authoritative. And you know, there are a lot of people. There are a lot of people who who have heard stuff uh, <laughs> that they they 
that came from the preacher mouth, and they took it as uh, authoritative. I, I got one here. <laughs> oh my God! So this preacher is having his anniversary. This is from uh, this is a uh, one one that was to me. Preacher's having his anniversary. He gets up to speak, and instead of talking and thanking everybody, he he says he wants to put to rest some rumors about him and another lady. <laughs> oh wow! Wow. I guess that counts, you know, he's making remarks, and instead of preaching and giving thanks, he's putting, squashing rumors about him and another lady, and the rumors proved to be true, he was involved, oh, wow, I tell you, well, that's interesting, uh, I, 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 this is a YouTube video, and, uh, and I, I've shared with a few friends of mine, I wish I had, could up, up, upload it here, but this is, this preacher, and He's he's on something, and I'm not quite sure if it was the Holy Spirit, but he was talking about some crazy stuff. He was talking about getting high on some Jehovah Wanna. (laughs) He told, he he said, touch your neighbor, reach your neighbor, and reach for their vein, and tap their vein, and inject them with the Holy Spirit. (laughs) I know you got some. Here's another one somebody said. And this is more on a serious note here, um, that if you're tithing, you can't be in the choir if you're tithing because you're robbing from God. Oh, wow. Don't even get me started on on, on that one. Tithing is a whole different – that's a whole different show. And, and I've heard people talk about that, and I've heard, you know, most people – most preachers nowadays use the tithe as, as a guilt trip, and you know. I'm not even going to go there because, uh, like I said, that's a whole different show about uh, about tithing. But, you know, that does draw into question, you know, about leadership. Yeah, you, you should demonstrate faithful stewardship over what God has blessed you uh, as a leader, a member, or whatever. You know, you should you should be a giver. Like I said, I'm going to leave that one alone. Share some more of of, of – your crazy preacher stories, uh, whatever they may be, uh, I love to hear that uh, because I, I, it's hilarious. And, and when I reflect on some of the things that I've heard from the pulpit, some of the things I've said from the pulpit, it just it cracks me up. I'm serious; it, it just literally cracks me up. <laughs> uh, last night, a friend and I we were we were talking about the show, uh, the, the topic, and, and they shared with me that they went to. Uh, <laughs> went to a church in Illinois, and if you're on call, I want to hear. The, I want I want my audience to hear that story. You could share. Uh, you can share. I, I know you're listening, so I want you to. I want you to uh, get on the line, and I want you to tell them about the story that you shared with me <laughs> yesterday about the preacher. Uh, the whole show, the, the, not the service, but the church show. So I, I love to hear that. If you if you don't mind sharing, you know who I'm talking to because I know you're listening. Uh, and and be, before we go there, um, if 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 they get on the line, that's fine. Um, but um, I, I I ran across some clips, and you know, I did some YouTube searches and ran across some clips about um, truth research. This and I, I was surprised some of the things people, uh, some of these preachers say. I was listening to um, uh, this guy out of New York, is uh, Dr. David Manning. Uh, some of you probably heard of him. Some may have not heard of him, but uh, uh, he he's in New York and he's in the Harlem area. He's renamed Harlem Atla. He's renamed it altogether Atla. You know, he said that's what the Lord told him to get. But anyway, that's a whole different thing. So he, he has a show. And some of the things he he talks about is just uh, you know from the pool from behind the pulpit. I I don't know how to describe some of it. To be honest with you, but one time I was watching one of his broadcasts on YouTube, and he called he called Barack Obama a long daddy, a daddy long leg pimp or something. <laughs> Y'all got to excuse me. I I can't make this stuff up, right? That's what he said. And then there's another popular YouTube artist, uh, 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 YouTube preacher, Tony Smith. And if you ever get a chance to listen to Tony Smith, I tell you, you would not be disappointed. Tony Smith, he's a, he's a good man. He's, you know, 
I can say that he's honestly sincere about what he what he his ministry and his the people he pastors. But uh, some of the things he says from the pulpit, I, 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 his his ministry, uh, his YouTube ministry at least, I, I I can't say his overall ministry, but his YouTube ministry has been built about trashing around trashing folk and and he he will trash talk anybody. <laughs> Literally, you have to go look him up, Tony Smith. He's, you know, he's the character. You know, I love the brother. He's, he's a co-laborer in the gospel, and um, uh, it's just <laughs> you got to check him out. Some of the things that he says is just ridiculous, uh, by my standards, you know. And I, I, I guess I hold myself to a different standard uh, because of my um, uh, traditional. Uh, conservative views of, 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 of preaching and ministry. And, you know, it's a whole different thing there, too, about conservative and pre- preaching. But uh, I digress. Let me just try to stay on topic here. Again, you're, wonder, you're, uh, you're, you're, you're wa- welcome to join in. Call three uh, 347-237-5230. The chat line is open. The chat room is open. And uh want to get some, uh, some listeners in uh, if you're on there. Uh, chat, send an email. <clears throat> Excuse me, send an email. Uh, Pastor Lorenzo Neal at gmail dot com. So uh, while I'm waiting for uh, the person to call in, I got a clip here I want to share. Now, uh, when, when we're talking about uh, preaching fallacies, and you got to understand what a fallacy is first. And for those of you who may not be familiar with a what a fallacy is. Uh, you got uh, it, it. Basically, deals with an argument, and I'm gonna try to simplify this as as, as you know, make this as simple as, as I can. Because uh, you know, you can look it up, of course. You just Google fallacy, and you get a good idea. But um, most people forget that preaching is preaching is is not just revelation driven. It is revelation driven, but it's not just revelation driven. It's a lot more to it. There's there's Preaching is an art form, and a lot of people forget that. Uh, you know, people people think that you just get up there and and, pre- and let me explain. There, there there are three primary types of preaching anyway. There's there's uh, expository, there's exegetical, and then there's extemporaneous. And most people are, are familiar with the extemporaneous. That's where you know <laughs> uh, people just get up and start talking. And, and some people use the scripture justify uh, to justify this by saying using the scripture where it says that uh, you when you get before the people you don't have to worry about what you're going to say because the spirit is going to give you what you what what you need to say at that moment. And yes, that's true. But you know when you put that in context. Uh, again, that's a whole different thing about contextuality and and things of that nature. And we we'll probably try to touch on that, but yeah, you know, I was told to try to keep it simple. But a fallacy, um, a fallacy is is basically is is an argument, and it it deals in reasoning, and and preaching is an argument. And when you go back and when you go to scripture, you find that in the first century church. Uh, even during the times of Christ, when Christ was preaching, when John was preaching, they used real arguments. Excuse me. And Christ was master at it. His his teachings, his parables, uh, they were masterful in rhetoric. I mean, the rhetorical, the classical Greek rhetoric, Roman rhetoric, uh, arguments, he for some reason, even though he wasn't trained, he mastered that. So that when he went before the people, you, you know, the scripture says, "How does he? You know, how is he doing this? He he has more knowledge and more authority than those who are trained." And we notice the, you know, he's untrained. And so it's amazing how Christ mastered, how Christ mastered that, and in mastering that, he was able to draw crowds of thousands. Following him, uh, and we're talking about a little bit. My friend is on the line here. I- I'm rambling. <laughs> Let me slow down. <sighs> okay, uh, my friend on the line here. And um, hey, good morning. Hey, good morning. I want you to, <laughs> I want you to share with them uh, 
the experience, the church, the experience, all of that that you shared with me the other evening uh, 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 about the preacher and and all of that. It, it was hilarious to me. I, I'm sure they enjoy it. So go go ahead and, and share that. We went to this church that was more like an entertainment than anything. It was more like a club setting to us. We went in the church and we sat down, and the next thing you know. It was like the, the they was like the pastor coming, the pastor coming. Like he was just this mega star that's supposed to come on the stage. When he came in, I promise you, he did a KSI strut and had his deacons behind him. <laughs> the first lady was an AKA, an Alpha Kappa Alpha for everybody that don't know. And she was, like, in her little position, like she was AK, and then it looked like she almost busted out in the strut, too. I'm like, oh, my goodness. And then we sat in the church, and it was like we almost felt totally evil in the church because they were doing all this stuff. It was just like a big performance, like they worshiped the pastor more than they worshiped God and Jesus, the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost. But it, I had to tell you about that one because when you said the, what the show was about, I know that that story right there fitted just fine. I have never been back to that church. It is in Illinois. But what was the preaching like? What was what was the preaching? You know, he showboated in <laughs> according to you. I don't know. I wasn't there. But what was the preaching? What was his sermon like? What was his delivery like? Uh, you know, what what was that? Tell, share share that if if I if mean, it was, I, it was so long ago, and I can't remember exactly. But it was a show too. It was just all a big show, and it's like okay, when somebody preach, you feel the spirit, you feel the word, and what they are talking about. In this case, it was like, okay, he was just, it's like you pick a, a scripture, you preach about it. It was like a show, to just a big show. Basically, he, he he didn't say anything, huh? He, he didn't say a thing. I can't If I can't remember the scripture in which he said, it wasn't, I mean, it was just a big show. <laughs> and I'm usually, I remember everything that a pastor said, especially if it's very moving. And it was All right, big show. All right, I I, I thanks for, thank you for sharing it, and uh, I appreciate you. Uh, I appreciate it. You know, and, <laughs> a lot and of I mean, every show. time I think about it, I just laugh because it was so much of a show, and I was like, it's all that necessary. And that well, was my, necessary. That, you got to keep the crowd. I know you got to keep the crowd, crowd, but the way it was, I'm like, okay, I guess that was more of a cut. I thought it was a culture shock for a few minutes, but I had my friend, because I'm from Arkansas originally, and I had my friend that's from Illinois right next to me, and she was like, this is not how a church here acts. I mean, it was a culture shock uh, to her, and she was from there. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah, well. Thanks for the call. I got to move on. I want to play the sound clip, and I don't want to deviate too far from the topic, but I appreciate you. Thanks for calling. Keep listening, girl. I will. All right. All right. All right, so before uh, before we go in, uh, I, I want to play this. want to play this, this clip, uh, and I have someone else who's going to share some, some other insight with me about the topic and about this. But I have a clip here in – as as by a well known televangelist and the well uh, the televangelist is is at his church and he is a very well influential black preacher. He's not Eddie Long <laughs> or Creflo Dollar, but he's very influential probably to them. And um he he he, he basically uh surmises in his sermon that Jesus died, but he didn't die because he because God sent him. He died because he committed suicide, and that's what he said. So I'm gonna play this clip. It's about four or five minutes long, so just bear with it, and and then uh, we'll discuss that a little bit more after uh, uh, you know after it's done. So pay attention. This is by this is Pastor Fred Price of Crenshaw Christian Center out of Los Angeles, California, and he's uh the um. Um, he's an apostle now, but I, I can't. I was trying to think of an ever-increasing faith broadcast. So here's Pastor Fred Price said Jesus commits suicide. <laughs> Verse thirty-one said, "Then Jesus said, 
not and God said, not the Holy Spirit said, Jesus said. All of you, talking to the disciples, will be made to stumble because of I said. This night, made to stumble this night, for it is written, I. Circle the word, you circle it, underline it. Not God, not the Holy Spirit. He said I. Who would I be referring to? The left eye or the right eye? Huh? Follow on now. Okay, I want you to get this. He says, he says, I will strike the shepherd and the sheep of the flock will be scattered. Now, he said, I will strike the shepherd. Who, 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 who's going to strike the shepherd? Jesus. What? Jesus. I didn't hear you. Jesus. Who, who's going to strike the shepherd? Jesus. What? Jesus. Okay, he said, I will. Oh, you got you to get this, you got to get it, you got to get it. I will strike the shepherd. I will strike the shepherd. Okay, keep your finger right there. I'm going to ask you that again. Go, go to John chapter 10 again. We're going to look at a different verse. Because, see, you have to, if you don't get this in context, then, you know, that, that's the danger of, of being on the Internet. There are going to be some people that will call me a false prophet, a crackpot, all kind of craziness, because they're not, they're, they're like some of you, they don't listen. No, I'm serious, that's why I do a lot of repetition. Even with that, people, they don't, they just, they don't get it. But you've got to get this because I'm a new creature, you're a new creature, you need to know why you're a new creature, and you need to know the enormity of that responsibility to be a new creature. Okay, you got John 10? Okay, you still have Matthew, though, 26. Okay, I want to read Matthew again. Verse 31, Then Jesus said to them, All of you, not some of you, all of you will be made to stumble because of me this night, for it is written, I, I will strike the shepherd. I'm going to strike. Who, who is I? Jesus. So Jesus is going to strike the what? The shepherd. So if Jesus is going to strike the shepherd, who is the shepherd? So he's going to strike whom? That means he's going to kill himself. See that? See that? You, you, see, you don't like that. See, you, you're getting over in that area of what's called suicide, and you think of that as being a negative, something against the law. You, you can't read then. You've you got a problem with reading and understanding English. Then Jesus said to them, All of you will be made to stumble because of me this night, for it is written, I will strike the shepherd, and the sheep of the flock will be scattered. And then Jesus said, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd gives his life for the sheep. So if the good shepherd gives his life for the sheep, then that means the shepherd gives up his life for the benefit of the sheep. So if he's going to strike the shepherd, he's going to strike himself. Amen. 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 You don't like to do you. You're, you see, your mind gets... You get, oh, yeah, then. We just read the word that so you don't understand English. Maybe if we wrote it in Chinese or Japanese or Tibetan or, or Vietnamese or something like that, uh, you'd understand. You just read it. What's wrong with your understanding? He said, I will strike the shepherd. I'm going to do it. I is Jesus who is talking. And we're going to get in just a moment to what he meant when he said it's written because that's the icing on the cake. But look at this. He said, I will strike the shepherd. Then in John 10, 11, he says, I am the good shepherd. He said the good shepherd gives his life for the sheep. So that means the good shepherd gives up his life for the benefit of the sheep. So if he's going to strike the shepherd, he's going to strike himself. He's going to take a gun, put it to his, in his mouth and pull the trigger. See, yeah, yeah, you can't deal with it. You can't handle it. That's what it amounts to. You didn't have a gun back there, but it's the same principle. We have, we have some law enforcement people here that have been in law enforcement. I appeal to you, have you ever heard the word homicide? What does homi how, how do you define homicide? 
All right, I, I, I guess the clip stopped early. Um, <clears throat> but you guys get the idea of what he was saying. So I want I want to go back and play play the beginning a little bit later, not right now, but a little bit later, because what he does here is actually he presents an argument, and the argument uh, begins with uh, with a loose interpretation of scripture, and and. and uh, before I get, to, you know, when when we talk about preaching, there's some things that we got. I, I said earlier that preaching is an art. Preaching is not just, you know, you get up there, open your Bible, and start talking. But that's what a lot of people do. That's called extemporaneous preaching. Okay, and I've had to do it. And but <laughs> and, and let me. Tell, it's always funny because when I was a kid, I, I guess the older preachers always had fun with this because they were like, I I was always taught that you always be prepared. You always have a sermon in your pocket. <laughs> you know, because uh, you might never know when you're gonna have to preach. So I was always always had messages prepared, and I still do to this day. You know, I always have messages prepared. Uh, but <laughs> but you know, they were always prepared, and there even if even if I did get up before you know, and I had to speak extemporaneously. It would be where I, you know, it would be from a scripture that is comfortable, something that everyone would know. It would be more of an exhortation than a sermon because I wouldn't want to try to present an argument and I'm unprepared to defend and and back up the argument. And here, you know, this is what he does. Uh, Pastor Price presents an argument, and the argument, the first part of the argument is that he starts with – I when he says I will, and then he says you, and, and you know you can use the scripture references. One is John, and one is in Matthew. Uh, but uh, it's a very <laughs> uh, the the homiletics and hermeneutics is where he messes up at. Homiletics is the art of preaching. Now, uh, the art of preaching is is the delivery. You know, we like the delivery part. That's what most people are familiar with. But less people are familiar with hermeneutics, which is the interpretation part. And that is where he is seriously uh, being misled here. Uh, got another caller. Roz, I know you're on the line. I'm going to put you on here. Okay. Good morning. Good morning. <laughs> How are you? Uh, I'm still awake like you. Uh, yes. Okay. <laughs> I um, very interesting clip. I think one of the things that I find most disturbing is that he is accusing Jesus of breaking one of the commandments when Jesus clearly said of himself that he didn't come to do away with the law; he came to be the fulfillment of it. And if he came and killed himself, then what does that say about his mission? <laughs> It, the, wow, <laughs> I mean that in and of itself was was I mean just the fact that he neglected all of the uh, tertiary and secondary relationship to to Jesus's coming. Right, right. Go ahead. I'm, I'm sorry. Uh, no, no, no. That was that was okay. I mean, that was just one one major point that I really wanted to make. I mean, if you there are certain fallacies or admixtures of truth and misinterpretation or truth and lie that kind of undermine the the fabric of the gospel as a whole. If you interject that, if Jesus killed himself, <laughs> then how does how does that Impair our relationship with him How could he have Sacrificed himself There was never a lamb That was sacrificed for the sins That killed itself uh, you, you make a very good point there And that's, that's what I wanted You know I, I And it, it amazes me how his audience You know he's like He said y'all, y'all I'm going to be called Everything <laughs> after saying this But he neglected the basic Premise that Christ was the last, what? ultimate, final sacrifice. Yeah. The sheep never killed themselves. Exactly. The sacrifice <laughs> never killed themselves. And for him to say that, okay, I'm going to kill myself, mm. I'm going to smite the shepherd. Right. And, again, it goes back to uh, interpretation. Now, 
the average person, and you and I, we've had the discussion, and I know you've read up on some fallacies, and one one of the um, one of the fallacies that he 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 gives this he presents is we've talked about this the semantic uh, yeah. anachronism that that fallacy basically you know neglecting the chronology ne- right. neglecting time neglecting mm-hmm. previous um, operations and previous right. things he completely neglects that to appeal. And that's this is the other. Uh, he appeals to his own authority of interpreting scripture. That's uh, that's another fallacy. He appeals to authority, right. not the authority right. of scripture. He appeals to his interpretation of scripture and makes himself the authority. And by making himself the authority, he 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 sets him up for no one else to challenge. This is true. I mean, basically what he does is reduces scripture to literature, where you can take poetic license, but you can't do that with the Word of God. <laughs> well, well, you know, this is it, it actually, you know, there, there's, there's this, there's, uh, there was a movement in the 20th century called uh, reductionism, historic, uh, historical reductionism, and mm. it basically what it did was uh, it uses uh the methods of rhetorical criticism and mm-hmm. I want to talk about that the methods of rhetorical criticism to um interpret scripture and there's nothing wrong with that because uh people have to remember that the Bible is literature. It's not anything it is. Separate. it is literature. It is a book of books. And each one of those books uh are literature from the poets from the poetry and the psalms to the story uh, the to the story of Job to the parables in the New Testament that Christ preaches, even to the uh apocalyptic literature in, in Revelation. Matter of fact, more more so in the apocalyptic re- literature of Revelation and Daniel. That wow. that in it is but uh in rhetorical criticism you you have uh, different ways you have a, a perspective that can be analyzed, mm-hmm. um, and basically there are different ways of approaching this. Mm-hmm. Uh, and most people uh, approach it from uh, from the human action and not the symbolic action, right. or when they're trying to be real deep, they approach it from the symbolic action. And leave out the human element or the human action, or that create that all together and get their own <laughs> their own thing. Now, you know, and here's the thing: you know, most people forget there are three types of way of persuasion. There's the ethos, there's the logos, and there's the pathos. Mm-hmm. And am I rambling too much? <laughs> no, no, God. <laughs> now. The common thing, the common thing with the, the ethos, the pathos, and the logos, and we, the church is all together, left out the other two. We focus on the logos. You know, you've heard the logos thrown around, right? And in the Greek, you know, it refers to the role, to the word. That's what they want to say. You know, right. the logos refers to the the written word, and the, the rhema word. refers yeah. to the to the. <laughs> the uh, Fire, word, and I'm like, words. but mm-hmm. both that—that's both wrong. Both of them are wrong. Mm. Because uh, yes, though, it—it—it uh, it, it covers a lot more stuff. Um, because when you think about logos, you're not just talking about a word; you're talking about an appeal. Logos mm-hmm. is appeal to reason. Mm-hmm. Pathos is an appeal to emotion. Emotions. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, matter of fact. Uh, most people, most most people just don't even um, when it comes to the art of rhetoric, they just neglect it altogether. That these uh, preaching is a form of rhetorical communication. It is. It is. You know? <laughs> and the ethos is that appeals to. Uh, in this case, in the case of with Pastor Price. The character, you know, he he's Apostle Price, he's a faith teacher, and he's all of this. So he's appealing to the ethos of himself in interpreting the scripture. 
and then he go he digresses from the ethos of himself as an authority, and then goes to the logos, the document, and, and you know he tries to pull what he does. He does basically, you can tell he did a a general concordance search and found uh-huh. a parallel scripture. <laughs> <laughs> Here Matthew says it, and John comes back here and says it, so it must be right. Mm. Yeah, it wasn't strong. It wasn't strong enough, and I think that people were probably afraid to oppose him because they didn't know how. (laughs) Well, he did two other things. Remember, in the latter part of the clip, he appealed to the authority of those who are Law enforcement officers. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Very strategic. Again, you see, was, you see, the authority. Yeah. The, <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, he said, "Those of you who are law enforcement officers, y'all yeah. can back me up." You know, you know what homicide is? You know the difference between homicide and suicide, right? That is too funny. And that leads to the path. That leads to. People okay, so he has the authority of scripture because he proved it with two different texts that said the thing, and then he approached to somebody who's in the law enforcement, mm. and now he's and then he backed his own authoritative, uh, you know, figurehead by him being the authority. He's the preacher. He's the teacher. He's got all of these people listening to him. He's got all these books. He's got all these broadcasts. So he's an authority. And so now appealing to the pathos. Now you got to believe what I say is true. And then he says, I know y'all not going to like what I said because you don't hear suicide in a good way. Mm, well, there's nothing good about it. I mean. <laughs> and, and Jesus certainly did commit suicide. Absolutely but that was, not. That was another... Um, there was another, and I, I, you know, this is fueled, and he he probably not even aware of this, but he fueled. This is fueled from the gospel of uh, of um, Judas. Mm. And the gospel is one of the Gnostic books that's not in the canon, right. you know, not in our New Testament canon. The yeah. gospel of Judas it alludes to the fact that Jesus um, pretty much persuaded Judah uh, that it was a part of his plan. You know, oh, I see. To, to betray him, he set himself okay. up. And then, of course, you know, if you were if you were wise or cunning, you could take Jesus as saying, "No man take my life, but I lay it down." <laughs> well, well, that that goes to the. Uh, we talked to. I know you and I. We've had this discussion before, and we talked about. Uh, the the root word fallacy and basically, yeah. and he used that root word because you, if you go back and you listen to the clip, notice how many times he says I I yeah. and yeah. he equates I with Jesus because he doesn't even give people a chance to think. He said, "Who is I?" Jesus. Yeah. Mm-hmm. People, you know, either they feel obligated to say it or they mm-hmm. have no idea to say anything else. <laughs> I, I don't know. Right. right. But uh, but you know that is it, it was one of the craziest things. And and you know the sad thing is is that that was heard, that was heard by millions of his listeners. Yes. Yeah. And that will be repeated by hundreds of his sons and daughters in ministry. Right. Because him as an authority challenging traditional constructs of of Jesus. Mhm. And by by him now being an a apostle, <laughs> mm-hmm. that's right. <laughs> by him not being an apostle, that means he is anointed to do so because he's supposed to set order in the church. Wow. So I, I mean, again, he 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 sets him up himself all all up for that. I, <laughs> I'm having too much fun with this, aren't I? Yeah, apparently. <laughs> I shouldn't be having this much fun. Let's get off on a tangent real quick. Share something. Share some one of the crazy some some one of the craziest things you've heard come from uh, behind the pulpit. You know, I was trying to think. I was trying to think of something. 
that I could connect to this discussion, and I was I've I've drawn a blank. I'm sure I've heard something over the years, but nothing that um nothing that really stands out in my mind at this point. I, I can't pull on anything. I'm sorry. I, <laughs> I was got one for you. Was listening. Okay. I got one for you. Okay. I got one for you. I was in college, and there was a revival going on. And the revivalist was a well-known Baptist preacher, black Baptist preacher. Mm-hmm. And I'm not going to say his name, but he currently pastors in uh, Atlanta, Georgia. <laughs> and um, well-known Baptist preacher got up and was preaching. And, I mean, we were we were ready to shout the house down. I mean, he had us going. He was preaching. He was preaching. And he was talking about being on the potter's wheel. And he said, I was on the potter's wheel, and I felt good. I knew God was going, and I kept going around and around. And then I said to God, when are you going to get me off this damn wheel? No way. No way. No way. <laughs> and as he was saying, you know, he had everybody shouting. He had everybody shouting until he said that. And when he said that, I mean, it just stopped. I'm sure it did. Uh, you can't make this stuff up, man. Oh my gosh! That's I mean, he literally just stopped, and he he had to close his hoop out. You know? Uh, yeah, I think so. <laughs> I mean, he had, he had that. I know he's all right. All that he had us he had us going, man. <laughs> but once he says that, once he let that slip go, that was that was. You know, that was the end of that. Yeah, I'm and sure. He, I, I made it through the rest of the week. I think that was like on a Tuesday night. And he still had three more nights to go. Wow, that's crazy. Yeah, but, you know, again, he shall remain nameless. And this was almost 15 years, 16 years ago, give or take. No, uh, it was longer than that, you know. Wow, that's it was funny. <laughs> but I, I, I mean, I. It, I've seen him several times since then, and every time I see him, that's the only thing I can that's remember. I don't remember. remember. <laughs> I don't remember anything else. The only thing I remember, I mean, he was sharply dressed and all mm-hmm. that, but the only thing I remember him saying those words. <laughs> oh, that's terrible. I know, it's horrible. <laughs> but yeah, it that's the things I wanted to share. Uh, most people, you know, I, I think... The pulpit has been called a sacred desk. Yes. But uh, oftentimes it's been used for a lot of things that is not so sacred. Yes. Uh, in fact, the other day I had someone at another church come to me, and they asked me the question, said, do I um, – the question was, um, do I uh, do I talk about my members from the pulpit? Do I do mm-hmm. call-outs? That's what he said. Do I do call-outs? Wow. Call-outs. What's, what's a call-out? I did call-outs in college, you know, and, you know, challenging. She's <laughs> like, do you call out when somebody from your, when, you know, when somebody does something wrong in the church against you or you don't like what somebody's doing, do you call that out from the pulpit? Mm. I'm like, no, I don't do that. She's like, wow. well, church and I'm considering not going because the last couple of Sundays the preacher has been calling out the members. Wow. Yes. Now that's something that I've heard and, and never had an appreciation for. Um it's certainly not scriptural. You know. No, no, but by far. Uh, but uh, again, you know, a, they use the fallacy of appealing to their authority to you know, when they're going through be- specific battles in the church. Uh, one of my favorite, uh, one of a mentor of mine and um, um, a well-known preacher of the gospel, Dr. H. Beecher Hicks. Uh, he pastors in Washington D.C. Great man of God, humble man of God. And one of the things he talked about, he wrote about in a book, was uh, the struggle he had when he was early in his ministry at the church. And he was going through several things and facing challenges by uh, members in the pool, uh, members of the congregation. And instead of preaching about that, uh, it's called preaching through a storm. I think that's the name of the book. Okay. And uh, 
you know, he 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 talks about how he was tempted to preach against those people. Right. From the pulpit. And yeah. you know, he had he had justification to do so in his mind. But he mm-hmm. chose not to preach against the people or to preach to the people, but to preach the gospel of That's Jesus Christ to them. The whole purpose, and yes. The more he preached the gospel, the more he preached against not their individual sins or not their collective sins, but against the, uh, you know, he preached the love of God, the redemption of Christ, the justification mm-hmm. of our sins, and those mm-hmm. things. He preached, you know, matters of stewardship when, you know, they weren't given. Instead of preaching against uh, not giving or preaching that you're robbing God, he mm-hmm. preached about being how God is a faithful steward of the earth. And these are, yeah. you know, I, I, I'm not, those are not the, I'm just using an example, but he preached things like that in yeah. order to con- to convey and to argue that what you're doing is not hurting me, but it's hurting you, and it's causing the church to, you know, not prosper. Right, and right. He ended up winning the war and the battle, you know, the battles and the war because people had no weapons to fight. Right. Because he was taking away the weapons of, of their warfare. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. we're, we're, right. weapons of our warfare are not of this world. Oh, no. That's right. <laughs> wow. I'm having, I am having too much fun with this topic. I am. <laughs> we're going to have to come back. Um, and I'm not sure if I'll be able to um, uh, next week. We, we, we may do a rebroadcast of, of this or another show because uh, it's a busy week for me next week. And, and my audience, I want to appreciate, I want to again express my appreciation for all the time, all the shows that you listen to and uh, support you're giving me. And um, I, I do appreciate always you're always good and God is always good and faithful. And we want you to continue to support the show. Uh, log in. You can catch any any archive show um, all the way back to uh, 2010. You can catch an archive show and listen in and, you know, send emails at pastorlorenzoneal at gmail.com to give insights to Oh, if you might want to be a guest, you got something you want to share, you can be a guest on the show. I don't mind. I talk to anybody. I, I talk to anybody. Yeah, I, I just like talking. That's just me, you know. I I like hearing the sound of my voice anyway. <laughs> and, and Roz, while you online, while you're on here, I, I want to say early, happy early birthday to you. Thank you. <laughs> you're a week early. So, That's great. I'm doing appreciation on air. So now, huh? <laughs> but I, I thank you. Uh, we're gonna have a we're gonna have this discussion again. We're running out of time, and I thank everybody for listening. I appreciate you for listening, and um, I always tune in to Zero Today. We always got something interesting going on, and this is just part one. And there's so much more I want to get into that we'll probably try to get into next time, if the Lord wills and allows. But until then, you know, it's always good to be on the air. Amen, somebody, and we appreciate you calling. Uh, I, I can't think of any other thing. You have anything you want to share, Roz? No, sir. <laughs> I'm not clear. All right, my audience, I want you to be in prayer. I got a busy weekend, be a revival, be preaching. Oh, oh man, I don't know how I'm going to do it. And I want to um, recognize, and, and those of you who are in the D.C. area, going to be in the D.C. area, if you're concerned about the way the the government is, is infringing upon you, or if you're concerned about the political landscape of America, if you're black and you want to be empowered, you want to be liberated, and you want to empower others uh, to understand the issues that are going on uh, that, that they will be uh, facing during this political season, I want to encourage you to, uh, if you're in the D.C. area, to stop by uh, the Frederick Douglass Leadership Summit. Frederick Douglass Foundation Leadership Summit. My friends there, Dr. Timothy Johnson, uh, Pastor Dean Nelson, and Brother Troy Rowland, and many others from across the country will be in D.C. at the Marriott Metro Hotel. And we issues that are critical to black America regarding the political landscape. So why don't you go there, send a shout-out to them, and, and let them know. Till then, this is Pastor Lorenzo Neal getting out and having fun. God bless you. Till next week. Next time. Whenever they I have to.